All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to episode eight or nine. We, we're going to hit 10 soon. I am Ahmad Kwaku Kawi, a.k.a. Mr. Q, president and CEO of the Racine Family YMCA. Let's get to it. Very excited to have this gentleman on the show. He is Mr. Damian Dolly, who is the coordinator of the Credible Messengers program that we have a contract with through Racine County. Mr. Damien, what's going on? Hey, hey, what's going on, Mr. Q? How you be? I be, I be he, you know? That's how I be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So um, before I get started or anything like that, I just want to thank you for your uh, leadership and for you leading uh, our Racine Family YMCA into a a really positive and new era. I like to say that we are in the saving lives business and you lead that straightforward and I love it. So I appreciate you. Hey, well, I appreciate that, man. I, sometimes I'm the face, but y'all do the work. My job actually is easier because y'all do all the hard stuff and I get to just talk about it, you know, so. You know, you've given us the tools that we need. So that's much appreciated. I really do. I appreciate it. That's love. All right, enough about me. Let's talk. I came here to Racine in 1998 and came across an organization, a program, uh, gang crime prevention, which was at that time was led by my, my brother, your brother, Maurice Horton. And that's when I first met you. It was in that yep. program. So, so tell, tell our listeners about who you are, where you came from and a little bit about what you did before working with the Y. Well, my name is Damien Dolly. I was born and raised on the West side of Chicago, raised by my grandmother, my grandfather and two great grandmothers and my mom also, but my mom did a lot of working. So I was pr predominantly raised by two great grandparents and a grandmother and grandfather. So I moved to Racine in, I want to say 1989. When I moved to Racine, I didn't have saving a neighborhood on my mind. I was, I moved up here with getting money on my mind. And so that led to, some drug dealing, some gang banging, stuff like that, that I had brought from Chicago with me. But throughout the time that I was spending here, I actually saw a real need in this racing community. And it wasn't just me. It was, you uh, mentioned uh, Maurice Horton. Uh, he also saw it. And, and so he became a member of Safe Haven of Racine. He was, he was working for Safe Haven of Racine. So he was talking to, I want to say, Officer Jerry Freeman, Officer Todd Dias, Officer Treva Smalls. And they had came up with a uh, program in collaboration with a gentleman, uh, rest in peace, Keith Henderson. And so they came up with the Gang Crime Diversion Task Force. And so, man, that's some names, dude, that you just threw down some names and then ended with, yeah, you said rest in peace. Yeah, Brother Henderson was a deep, he was a deep brother. Keith actually wrote the first grant for the Gang Diversion Program. The chief of police, Chief Posey, he embraced it. Jerry Freeman and Todd Dias and Treva Smalls, they embraced it. And then they allowed us to work out of the new police house on 17th and Mead. They called it the Little Blue House on Mead. That's where the gang diversion program started. I came in when Maurice asked me to join them. I was like, okay, fine. You know, I didn't know what I could add to what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Let me ask the question. Because you started off about how you came here and what you was involved in. Right. 
you know, you started to really turn your life around to the point where Brother Maurice Horton came to you and said, hey, what did you do to in your life to get you prepared to go in that other direction? I had stopped actually committing crimes, but I was just doing different things like outreach for a friend and a mentor of mine, uh, Jerry Hamilton. Maurice, he asked me if I wanted to come in and really talk to some of the kids about me. And so I was a little apprehensive because I was like, well, I don't want to glorify what I had done and all of, all of the crimes and things that I committed. I didn't want to glorify it. Because that's easy to do. You know, people don't realize, right, you're, you're talking about your lifestyle, but these kids today, and even right. us too, right? You hear a story or you see a story, it could come across as glorifying. Yes. Be careful about how you talk about your life. After speaking with Reese and then he introduced me to Jerry Freeman, who I had known previously because he had arrested me before, but he was a real cool guy. They just interviewed me a little bit, and then Jerry Freeman just told me, hey, take your time, tell the kids who you are, where you come from, and what made you change from committing crimes. And what was the population? What kids did y'all work with? If you had to describe that group, what? At that time, there were only african-american boys in that program and they were all between the ages of like 11 and 18 from all over the racing city community but those are the ones that we worked with primarily eventually we ended up getting some girls in there because their violence started elevating quickly for when i first started it was just boys so i started talking to them and a lot of them had questions at that time we had about 20 to 25 youth in the program so i didn't want to glorify it to them say hey you ask the question i'm not gonna lie i'll keep it real there was times where when i was being shot at i was afraid there were times when i was doing the shooting i was still afraid the whole experience with talking to the youth and then seeing how they embraced my change because they were asking questions more along the lines of what made me change. Right. As opposed to what game were you in? How many people did you shoot? Do you got a gun? They were asking, well, what really made you change? What was your thought process? What was your belief system and all of that? And it, it kind of shocked me a little bit because I really wasn't ready for it. It happened and I, and I always tell them the biggest thing that made me change was when I was younger, I had lied to my mom. The hurt that I seen on her face from me lying because she trusted that I would always tell the truth made me say, I don't want to hurt that lady no more. I think it's powerful that sometimes we put a stigma or a label on what we think kids will say and do. And then the kids in the population you're specifically talking about, again, they shocked you. They showed you that they were actually very intelligent. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And they wanted to know the path to living a safe and healthy life. Because it's interesting that time the Racine Youth Leadership Academy worked with the same population on a a different group within the population, right? So we focused on the kids that wasn't at that gang crime level. Right. We worked with African-American boys that just needed a kick in the butt to get to success. There was times where I would call Brother Reese like, hey, man, I got, I got a kid here that we are not qualified to help. We'll talk to mom yeah, and say, look, this is the program he really needs. So at some point, gang crime ultimately is no more. And then you come work for the Y and you actually worked with and worked in the Young Leaders Academy. What was the difference between where you came from with gang crime into what you were doing with the Y? 
actually it was Maurice that told me that the YMCA was hiring. He didn't say what exactly they were hiring for, but he said, hey man, the YMCA is hiring and I think you got something to do with some kids. I was like, okay, I got the interview with you. Once you hired me and I went over to Waterwitz as the coordinator for the Young Leaders Academy, it was a big difference from where I was with Gang Diversion and, and the kids. But I always loved the fact that when I was with Gang Crime, we were more intervention. Well, now I'm dealing with these elementary school kids. We got a really nice chance to prevention. Absolutely loved it because I didn't have to knock on a kid door and say, hey, man, it's time to come to group. And he break and run out the back door. And it was, and it's actually and what I, what I really loved about Young Leaders Academy is that it's a privilege to be in the Young Leaders Academy. I drove that through Waterwitz. Even though they had special need kids and stuff like that, Waterwitz, but there were three gentlemen, and they were known around the school as being the gangbangers, the ones that'll beat you up if you look at them wrong. You know, they just had a real bad reputation. One of them came to me and said, hey, you Mr. D? I'm like, yeah. And he told me his name. And he said, I want to join YLA. I said, what grade are you in like that? And he said, well, I'm in third grade. And I said, okay, would your teacher want you to join like that? And he said, I don't know. So I took him and I talked with this teacher and she said, oh, he could definitely benefit from the program because of his behavior. That was the first thing that she had mentioned. A lot of folks don't realize historically when you say it's a privilege uh, the uh, the Young Leaders Academy and before then the Racine Youth Leadership Academy, what we did was instead of making it where teachers referred kids at that time, specifically African-American boys, because that's a negative thing. You're getting referred you know, to this program because you got in trouble. We asked the teachers to first understand the program that is not a punishment, that for some reason you see something in this kid that can be brought out with the right type of mentorship, with the right type of uh, leadership resources, so on and so forth. And so we did a nomination process, right? So the teachers actually had to nominate the kids to the program, and we asked the, the teachers to talk with the parents. So when the parents would call you, and back then would call me, they had some knowledge, and it wasn't a negative thing. Like, hey, when I got the nomination form, I would send the letter to the parent or parents, or grandparents, right, whoever the, the legal guardian was, and the first statement in the letter was, congratulations, your son has been accepted to the number one leadership program, specifically for African-American boys in Racine, Racine County. We purposefully made it where it was not going to be looked at as an after-school program because kids are getting in trouble because of their behavior, because of their academics. No, 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 no. This was to really provide kids with the support they needed to start the path of success. And as you said, at a very young age. And so parents were parents, right? Pa parents bought into that. I'm glad you explained it because that's exactly what, what you just mentioned was on that letter is congratulations. And so that made kids feel great about being in YLA. Cause they like, Hey, I'm in this club or I'm in this program that everybody else is not in. Let's jump into now. We, apply to be the uh, provider of the Racine County Credible Messengers program. I brought you on over because of your gang crime history. 
let's talk about in general, what is the credible messengers? What's, what's the purpose and what have y'all been doing? The credible messengers is more of a movement collaboration of, to me with the racing family YMCA and the racing County human services department. It's a partnership because it's going to take more than us, but we're doing a really good job at it. We are a six person staff right now and we are what I like to call. Give a shout out to your staff. Now we have me, Damian Dolly. That's the coordinator. We have Annette Smith, who is our family engagement specialist. And I'll get back to that because that's a huge part of our movement. We have Derek Say, we have Justin Lambert, uh, Tyrell Davis, and Angela Sanchez, and we call her Bella. They are our mentors. The bottom line is we are a mentoring program times 10. We don't just go to a kid's school and say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, okay. Well, do well. Call me if you need me and then leave. That's not us. We are a knock on your door at eight o'clock in the morning. Hey, why you're not at school? Uh, you know, and well, in these times now, it's knock on your door or call your mom. Are they on for virtual learning or online learning? How do kids get into your movement? When it first started, we were just accepting referrals from the Racine County Youth Justice Department talking with them, and of course, you know, when you talking to them, you they had to understand that if we're going to be successful in, in stopping youth violence stuff in, in this Racine County community. And recidivism, and the big goal is recidivism, stopping for these kids. Back and forth, back and forth to jail, that we're going to need to reach more than just who you say we can talk to. And they understand, and you know, we're kind of wide open on who on who we approach. We try to approach every kid. If they refer the kids to us, usually the kids that they refer to us, they give them an assessment, and it's called a YASI. When I say they, I mean Racine County the Youth Justice Department gives the kid a assessment, and based on that assessment, whether they rank high or moderate for either reoffending or committing a serious crime, and then they refer them to us. So that's how we initially started getting kids was that they are referred to us from the Youth Justice Department. But like I say, we talk to a lot of kids out in the community. Some of them love to be mentored. What makes a credible messenger in terms of your team? What makes them qualified to work with the population that you just described? We have young men and women that we call mentors and they're credible messengers, but they have actually lived the life sort of like the life that I lived before I started helping out or mentoring in the community. They were the ones who were committing crime, uh, going back and forth to jail, you know, just doing really some good things, but something, and they would be the ones that have to tell you their story on why and how they changed their behavior from a negative to a positive or how they changed their belief system to try to help strengthen our fragile community and uh but they're doing it and they're doing it like nobody's business and i mean when i say that i mean they get up two three in the morning to go and see about a kid if you know if a kid is in trouble or if they need they need that mentoring at that time they're up they're out you know and myself as well but my staff they're they're like i say mentors time 10 because 
they believe in our kids and based on what they how they used to live, they don't want them to have to go through those particular trials and tribulations as far as going to prison, staying locked up. And so that's our main focus right now. Doesn't this seem kind of like what would you say is kind of the similarities in terms of what you used to do to what you're doing now? One of the differences uh, with, with, uh, with the gang diversion uh, program and then this Credible Messengers program, the gang diversion program, we, we just dealt with kids maybe inside Unified, and we did deal with some kids from the county. So Credible Messengers is a 180 from the support that they didn't give possibly right back in the late 90s. Oh man, one eighty, try seven twenty. We done went around in that circle a few times, <laughs> but they, you know, and and that that's that's one of the reasons why I say, you know, it's so cool. We now have the support of our racing county administration, county executives on board. So shout out to all of them that's in the county that works in the human services department. Shout out to them because shout out to our to our director uh, Jonathan Delagrave. Shout out to Hope Otto and uh, Carrie Milky, um, right? They're, they've been the, the driving force behind Credible Messengers from a system standpoint. I'm also throwing there Glenn Larson because truthfully, if it wasn't for Glenn, it wouldn't even be a Credible Messengers because Glenn is the one who went to New York and found out about this type of movement he liked it he liked what he heard and glenn and i've I've known glenn ever ever since he was a youth justice worker before he was a supervisor and he's always been that kind of guy that wanted to see our youth get out of the muck and mire of crime and and victimizing people and stuff like that so when he brought this to carrie then they took it from there glenn larson is a huge part of the reason why the credible messengers we even came to racing and we got to give uh, props to definitely two people and probably three. I think can't think of the third name, but my man who I went to mm-hmm. college with and played college football, Mac McGee. Uh, we went out there to visit Mac at, at his facility uh, that opened up our eyes to a lot of things. And then uh, Mac introduced us to the man, Antonio Fernandez, a.k.a. King Tone. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we went uh, to actually to Maryland um, and and stayed in the facility, the the, the juvenile facility, it was eye opening, man. It was truly eye opening. We had the program, but we we didn't have any kids. Right. We were just literally starting. Right. And so when we right. So when we took that trip and and was there, we saw what it was really about. And that was inside a facility that that, that wasn't even the community side You yes. to the community side. You know, I think the, the important thing was that that's when at least I realized, and I think all of us realized that it was a movement. This was not a program. This was really a movement yes. that you had these brothers who uh, had had history, you know, 20, there was one brother that spoke, he did 24 years, 24 years. I saw how being in that juvenile facility affected our staff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I never been locked up. So I was just like, Hey, whatever. Yeah. But you know, you saw yeah. really yeah. how it affected yeah. our staff who, you know, we hired and, and we knew, but now they're back into their past and then they're seeing these kids. And, and so it was a different culture, you know, being on the East coast, 
a different culture. And then we came back and, and we brought King Tone in because, yes, I really wanted the community and, and Racine County to see that. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Like if, if we really want to get to uh, zero recidivism and preventing kids from even getting locked up, Credible Messengers has to be more than working with just the kids that's already locked up. Let's jump into this. I think this is very important. I can always talk about our programs on and on and on, but you have, <laughs> you have something going on right now. You have a campaign uh, that has started uh, guns down racing. Go ahead and explain to the community, to our listeners. What's that about guns down racing? And that's specifically targeting our youth to help stop the gun violence in this community. Period. Uh, we are, uh, we, we're going to the youth. We are going to them. We're even asking them, man, you holding, you strap, you got a pole, you know, you got it on you. If they do, we'll ask. Let me have it. Now, whether if they say no, then of course it ain't no let me have it. But we have had one that said yes. And we gave it. And and what did you do with it? He gave it to us. So we we ended up calling uh calling the officer that we knew. And so uh, we gave it to him. Great. And it was, he, he didn't ask where we got it from. We just told him, hey, we took it off of a kid. And he was like, oh, okay, thank you. And that's the beauty, right? Credible Messengers has a relationship with our police department where if we can take a gun, you know, sometimes we can't do a buyback program, right? We can't do all that type of stuff. But if you can convince a kid, convince, you know, in this, in this case, convince a kid to give up his gun. Uh, I'm sorry, his or her gun. Yeah, his right? or her. And his we can, or get, her. And we can right. get it off the street. That's what I mean. You know, I, 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 and when you was telling me that, I was like, look, we'll deal with consequences as, as it happens, right? But, you know, the goal is a movement is about doing what needs to be done to make sustainable change. And the data that you were giving uh, in terms of the number one rate of, of death for young black males, right, is this violence, this gun violence, then, then we have to get the guns off the street by any, by any means necessary, right, by any means necessary. Yep, I can tell you by, even by experience as a parent whose son was murdered, that our, our Racine County community, we are... We need a healing. You know what I'm saying? We need a healing because, you know, as a parent, that's something you'll never get over. You know, that's a traumatizing experience, you know, when your son or daughter gets killed. I mean, my I have a son who was killed because of gun violence, but I have a friend who two daughters were killed uh, in gun violence here in Racine, you know, so uh, it's, it's prevalent and it's, you know, and it's all over. And that's something, that's something that guns down Racine mean. When we say we want to stop and we want to heal our families, that's what we mean. And that's when, but that's, that's also a very important part of the credible messengers. And I'll go back to, and I know I said I was going to, so now this might be a good chance going to. How can someone, that's interested in helping with your campaign, what can they do? Give me a call. I'll, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give you my phone number. My, uh, 
office number is 262-898-4577. And even if it rings in my office, it also rings on my cell phone because I got connected like that. We we want all the help, you know. Um, what are you looking for? What are you looking for specifically? From our store owners, our other different uh, entities, uh, business owners and everything uh, like that. Uh we need we need your support in that. Allow us to come in, put our signs in your window, uh, put put our uh, put the guns down racing sign in front of your yard. We have them, so if you want one, please just call me and I'll bring them to you. It's not a problem. Uh, talk to other business owners about helping to uh, fund us and everything. And I know I don't want to make it all about money, but money is a big issue. It, it is money is a huge issue, and it 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 will definitely help us uh, a lot. It's not everything, but it is a big help. Okay. And so, if we can, you know, if we can get our uh, local businesses, if we can get our local businesses to allow us to do different things like that, like put our signs up in their window, and then t- listen to us tell them about it. So, if someone come in there and say, "Hey, what's that about?" Then they can tell people. Hey, that's a program that the that the county and the and, and the YMCA uh, has going on in partnership to help heal our community because we want to stop all this gun violence with our youth. And, and and you have T-shirts too that you're giving to some of the the store owners that you have signs in right now, right? We have zip up hoodies. You know, I, I can't speak to when we are going to. Uh, try to uh, start maybe even selling those as a fundraiser or whatever, and that's not my lane. So I would have to talk with our uh, chief of, of philanthropist about you know when that is, and and she and she can you know she can let everybody else know you know when we'll start that. But but for the most part, that is something that we want. I would love to see uh, guns down racing T-shirts all around racing worn by everybody. You know. And so, yeah, yeah. Well, Damian Dolly, I would like to thank you for being on Kicking It With The Why to talk about not only your history, work history, personal history, but the difference that you're making and your team is making through the Y, uh, through Credible Messengers and in partnership with Racine County. So, again, my man, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I have to bring you back because I know you have about another hour's worth of stuff you want to talk about. Oh my God! <laughs> I, oh I yeah, know, I know Lord, you have a I'm ton of stuff yes. you want to talk about, and and this is ongoing. And you, you know, Incredible Messengers is located at the Bray along with the Young Leaders Academy. So the two programs that work with really two uh, groups of kids, but really all kids now uh, operate out of the Bray. So again, my man, appreciate you. Uh, again, what what is your what is your telephone okay, number? Okay, so my office number where I can be reached is area code two six two eight nine eight four five seven seven. If you call the Y uh, directly, uh, you can just ask for extension four five seven seven, and then you know, and then they'll they'll patch you in through to me, and then uh, then we can you know we can conversate and talk about you know what we need and you know how you can help you know, anything like that, but I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. And to our listeners again, uh, appreciate you listening to kicking it with the Y I am uh, Mr. Q president and CEO, and y'all have a great day. Take care.
Fiquei meu, vou te quase, ai, ai, ai.